Welcome to the PPM Academy podcast for project, program, and portfolio managers, where we will interview industry experts and discuss current and future trends in the world of project, program, and portfolio management, and how what we do impacts our company's execution culture. I'm Gerald Leonard. Okay, so today we're speaking with Sana Sadehian. She is a young professional with a master's degree in project management. She's also earned her PMP and her PMISP, which is the scheduling professional. She's done a lot just to be finishing up her master's, so it's awesome. She is the president of the Project Management Club at Boston University and has published several articles in planning and scheduling. She has, made, she has more than four years of experience in planning programs and projects in different industries, as well as oil and gas and construction. Sana, welcome today. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Gerald. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, it's so great to have you, especially during this time with the COVID virus and everything that's going on. Uh, yes. Hopefully you're being safe and, and, uh, and staying inside. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You too. Good, good. Well, let's jump into this. Sana, how did you get started in the field of project management? Because most people end up in it by accident, but it looks like you're very purposeful sure. about it. And what do you think has made you successful in your career so far? Um, during my bachelor degree, I was an assistant to CFO in my father's company. Okay. And I knew from the beginning that accounting is not my dream job. Um, my father was working on a new project and he suggested that I go for project management and learn the project management software. So the first course I took in project management was Microsoft Project. Okay. And then I went to learn Primavera. Wow. Uh, yeah, in those classes, I started to learn about WBS, scope, time, cost, risk, and I began to like project management. Uh, I studied the PMBOK 5th edition, uh-huh. and I got my PMP degree in 2017, and I was the youngest person in my home country with a PMP degree back then. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I, a year after, I got my PMISP, or PMI Scheduling Professional. Okay. Um, then I applied for the Master of Project Management at Boston University, and here I am. Well, I'm sure <laughs> and I'm at, that, <laughs> at that point, Boston University would not, it would be a bad decision on their part for them to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're so kind, thanks. <laughs> well, you, know, you, you think about it. I mean, you've, you've jumped out the gate at a very young age, and I'm not going to ask you your age because men don't do that to, to young ladies. So I'm not going to do <laughs> that. But um, but you have done really. It's very impressive. I mean, I'm thinking like the different industries you're in, and to, to be in the industry of oil and gas and construction, yeah. and understanding Microsoft Project and Primavera. There are some seasoned project managers that are probably listening that <laughs> that don't understand <laughs> yeah. Microsoft Project nor Primavera. Primavera, I can raise my hand on that one. I'm still a little young on that one. Uh, project uh, that's that's my uh, that's my forte if you will so so sana help me understand here uh, what 
do you think is poorly understood or unresolved in this area, and why do you think that's so? Um, for uh, my profession is scheduling and planning, so I'm going to speak in this field. Okay. Um, there are some points, uh, but to me, the most important thing is not forgetting the other activities that are not in the critical path. You know, we know that the critical path is an important concept in scheduling, delay management, claims, and we have to keep our eyes on its activities. Right. But some folks think it is enough just to check these tasks. In my opinion, it is not a good practice. We have some tasks that are not on a critical path, right. but they are critical in nature. Yeah. Uh, for example, we had a pipeline project that one task was renting the heavy machines. Okay. Uh, it wasn't on the critical path, but as you know, renting these machines costs a lot per day. Right. And if they don't arrive at the site on time, it will impact the schedule and cost. Just focusing on tasks on the critical path sometimes mislead project manager as well as risk manager. Okay. In the pipeline project, we faced an unknown risk. Uh, the heavy machines had to come from different cities to the site. Right. And in the road, the height of the tunnels was shorter than the height of the heavy machines. <laughs> so they had to change the path. Yeah, and so they had to change the path and arriving at the site took two days extra. Wow. And it impacted the cost and the schedule a lot. Okay. Um, the other example is creating the engineering documents. Yeah. It may have 120 days float, and most of the time it is not in the critical path. Right. But this is, task is crucial for my project. It shouldn't be delayed. So we have to keep our eyes on the activities that are critical in nature but are not in the critical path. Wow. For, for your for your level of experience in finishing your master's, you have a lot of good insight. And I think uh, a lot of people will, you know, especially because in, in, in our day and time, you have projects that are what we call the waterfall, right, projects. Yes. And then you have agile projects. And actually, you can't, yes. you can't build a building doing agile, right? You have to yes. kind of lay the foundation. You can't lay part of the foundation. Or you, you don't want a minimal viable product of a foundation. You want a solid yeah. foundation, so you yeah, really yeah. have to follow the waterfall process. But yes. as you're saying, there are te there are activities throughout projects mm -hmm. that you know don't show up on the critical path, as you said, but are mm -hmm. really key. And I think you gave some some really good examples, and um, and also a really good um, um, yeah example of the of the of the truck being too large and just the equipment and what it costs, especially in construction and oil and gas. I mean, the equipment is thousands of dollars or more per day yeah. uh, yes. usage. So that can have a really big challenge. So let me ask you this other question. Um, what challenges have you helped your customers with overcoming lately? Um, I was given a Microsoft project file with 1,000 activities to check. Okay. But when I highlighted the critical path, it just had 20 activities. It was a red flag for me because you cannot have a plan with 1,000 activities and only 20 critical tasks. Right. It shows that the scheduler used a lot of start-to-start, -start, leads and lag, and some activities are not decomposed correctly. Okay. So it made the software to show a wrong critical path.
So we have to be careful about the schedule we create in software. Sometimes it looks great, but if you look closer, it's wrong. So believe in GIGO. GIGO stands for garbage in, garbage out. It means, <laughs> it means entering the incorrect data results in having beautiful charts that can easily mislead the project manager right. and executives and make delays in time and cost. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, this is, that's, that's again, that's another great example because when you have a project that has over a thousand uh, activities in it, uh, one that be kind of that can kind of become unwielding, right? Yes. And it's almost like it's a a program because it's broken into many sections, so it mm -hmm. has to be de decomposed even further than that into probably multiple small projects, so that it's a little bit more manageable from that standpoint. And I I don't think yeah. there's a, a a great glory in having. You know, my project schedule has a thousand projects, a thousand tasks. It's it's like you really want to make sure that your project is well thought out and efficient. And probably in doing, uh, doing the WBS, uh, who, when they built it, they probably did a you know pretty thorough WBS. But when they went to build out the network diagram, and um, I remember uh, taking a program, a class with the Goldratt Institute, uh, and doing some some training around the theory of constraints. Uh, project mm -hmm. management, and one of the things that D. Jacob taught us was that you want to do what we call a forward pass and a backwards pass across the schedule. Yeah. In other words, you're looking at your dependencies, and you start from the end, and you go back yeah. to the beginning, but then you go from the beginning, and you go back to the end, and you're looking for integration points, and you're looking for those those different constraints and the leads and lags that they may have in there that may be erroneous. Um, yes. By doing that, I know when working with my teams, I've been able to capture or, ca or, 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 or catch um, critical mistakes that we were assuming about the schedule where, you know, and, and using, and this is even before really getting the data, even in Microsoft projects, this is just doing it on the board and really thinking it through. Uh, and then when you put it in Microsoft project, obviously you can use all the automation and the tools to be able to highlight like you did. That yes. critical path was a problem um, because of that. And, and you know, and I think at, at your juncture in your career, uh, you have a bright future in front of you because, you know, so many people, again, when it comes to using tools like Microsoft Project, they get intimidated by it because it has five scheduling engines or the way it moves tasks around. But when you can get comfortable with the technology, especially between uh, Microsoft Project and uh, Primavera, at this point yeah. in your career and really understand what the schedule is telling you, that's huge. Yeah. That is, that, that's, oh, a huge thank you. that's a huge value to any company um, and anyone who's listening to, to, to know that, you know, you could do that. Now, let me ask you this question. This is not something that we talked about beforehand, our question that you asked, but, uh, but it, it's making me ask this question. What resources did you use besides the class that you took to help you become more efficient in using Microsoft Project and even Primavera to even think like that? When I started to go for scheduling and planning, after I uh, started to learn PMBOK, yep. I found out that this principle is, this framework is really good to understanding the scheduling mm -hmm. and the logic behind the schedules. Yes. Because um, sometimes, uh, 
actually the path I went was not really a good practice. I think you have to first learn the uh, knowledge and then the software. First, I went to the software and then I studied the knowledge. So I think the most important thing is to first study the knowledge of uh, and gaining the knowledge of scheduling mm -hmm. and um, and planning, uh -huh. and then going for the uh, softwares. Right. So I I really like the project planning and project scheduling. Yes. So that's why I was so I was talking to all of my professors and I asked a lot of questions. I read many books, like many many books. Okay. I went to the classes of Microsoft Project uh, in with different professors yes. to understand the point of view of all the professionals in this um, in this field. Yeah. So I think this is the thing that really helped me in scheduling and planning. I, I actually, I love project management. I think this is the biggest thing that helped me yeah. in this career. Yeah. In this, um, because uh, when you love something, you don't get tired of reading, asking questions, learning. And yeah, that's it. No, that's the, and and honestly, that that rings true. Um, and it and basically, as you're going through and, and talking about what um, you've gained from the classes as well as the hands-on experience, your passion and your your um, desire to keep growing in this field is very obvious and clear uh, in the way you explain it and your enthusiasm. I know when I was. Um, I first got into Microsoft Project because for about nine mm -hmm. years at one point, I was the president of the Microsoft Project user group in the Washington, D.C. Wow, area. And, wow. Yeah. And, and, and I had the same mindset that, one, I fell in love with using the tool. I really began yeah. to understand how the algorithms work and how what you can do with it and, and the value that it would bring to people's lives by really understanding it. And... I read everything I got my hands on. I bought as many, I mean, I probably threw away more books about project than I have right now. And I, I literally bought every book I could get my hands on. I went to every webinar I could get my uh, eyes on. And I, I just I yeah. watched videos and I just, I just figured out what are the tips and tricks and the ways to really uh, use this tool and get the most out of it. So then when I started working with my clients and started working with companies, and analyzing other people's projects, it was easy to go in and really see the see the shortcomings or the flaws or, or ways mm -hmm. that they could do it better because I had spent so many hours on my own really just studying and understanding the, the tool, the, the planning and scheduling, but also really kind of getting into the tool and understanding all the yeah. shortcuts and how it really worked. And it sounds like you're kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I did that. And I started from early, like I was... 23 when I started to learn about project management. Um, so yeah, the, th the most important thing is I think that we have to, all of us have to find the field that we are passionate about. Yeah. If we are, if we like what we do, we are going to learn a lot. We are going to see uh, the videos. We are going to help other people to achieve their dreams, their goals. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's important. Excellent. Excellent. So if you were given someone else's schedule, uh, what kind of things would you do to go about analyzing it? Um, that's a really good question. Um, 
In projects, at first, we have a master plan, mm -hmm. which is general. And based on the progressive elaboration that is mentioned in PMBOK, we try to make it more detailed yeah. when more accurate estimates become available. Okay. First, I will check the duration and the cost of the planning file with the contract to see they are the same or not. Based on uh, DCMA, which is a project schedule quality assessment, 90% okay. of activities have to be connected with finish to start relationship. Right. I will check this and the other relationships between the activities to see they are logical or not. Okay. Um, if it's a Microsoft project, I will check that summary tasks are not linked to each other as is not a good practice. Correct. Um, the duration of the tasks and the floats shouldn't be a significant number as it may cause the critical path to be estimated wrong. Uh -huh. And it also shows that those activities weren't decomposed correctly. Gotcha. Um, then the constraints in the schedule are important to me. Yes. I, I want, yeah, I, I want to know what is the logic behind putting constraints on some activities? For example, if we put the hard constraints like must finish on or mandatory finish, right. it may cause a negative slack. Yeah. And as you know, the negative float is not acceptable. Right. Um, the other thing is the weight of the activities and the logic behind it is also crucial because it has a significant impact on the progress of the project. Right. So I assess the schedule based on DCMA, which has... 14 metrics that provide the possibility to make a qualitative and quantitative evaluation of the schedule. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. No, this is really good. This, that's a really good way of looking at schedules. It's a very thorough way. Um, have you developed a checklist that, that you go through? Yes, actually, I have an Excel file, which uh -huh. is like I coded it and it shows these 14 principles and it shows me that which in which principle, in which metrics, this um, the, this file isn't working as much good as it should be. Gotcha, gotcha. No, that's a that's a really good that's a really good tool to have and a really good way to yeah. look at it. And so, you know, I, I would definitely recommend, and I may uh, do this as well. I probably will do this. Is recommend to uh, there's a group that I write for called PM World 360. It's been voted number to like one of the top two project management magazines and they are constantly looking for great content and i think you'd be a great fit to because you have the certifications to to, uh, yeah. to write about scheduling and some of the okay. uh, and, and it, you know it'll get your a lot of your knowledge out there because it sounds like you have a depth of knowledge about what <laughs> you're doing that is um is, is a little rare at, at your point in, the, in your career so Kudos to you. Really good. Really good. So lastly, we have two, I have two more questions. And then one is, what trends do you see in the industry since you've gotten into, involved? Um, actually, now I'm studying for PMI ACP, which is for Agile Project Management. Yes. I think we have to accept that we cannot manage the projects like before, as you said, with just a waterfall approach. Right. We have to accept Agile and learn the Agile mindset. A uh, planning hybrid project, which is the combination of agile and predictive, are different from the traditional way. Okay. So I think it's better to learn more about how we can have a hybrid kind of a plan. 
maybe in Microsoft Project or Primavera. Right. Uh, I think in this fast-paced world, it is crucial to adapt to changes and accept this fact that maybe the old practices cannot resolve the problems without getting help from more modern ones. Right. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, let me ask you this question. I always ask my guests this question. If you listen to my other podcast, you know I ask it at the end. What's one thing that you could share with our listeners um, that would help them grow the way you've grown yourself um, in, in your field? What, what's one thing you could share that you've been doing or you've done to help you to grow? I think one thing was that I always try to learn from anyone, from any videos, any books about project management. Uh, I listen to my professors like really carefully. They teach me a lot. And when I was at classes, I I always try to um, I always try to learn as much as I can, you know. Yep. And I there is there are a lot of videos in YouTube. There's a lot of books. And just use this um, these facilities to learn more, to gain knowledge, because um, because I love the project management. So that's why I this was the thing that I did. So I think the upgrading the knowledge is also really important. Uh, we shouldn't get paused, you know. For example, I was uh, after I get my PMP degree, I went to a class for makeup projects and the students there told me that why are you taking this class you already have pmp and i was like okay but having a pmp is not enough right um it's good but it's not enough so upgrading the knowledge and continuous learning i think is the key to success yes it is yes a very good answer very good answer well uh, folks, today we've had a, 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 an amazing time to talk with San, Sanas. I want to make sure I pronounce your name correctly. Um, <laughs> she is the president of the um, of Boston University's Project Management Club, as well as finishing up her master's. And already, as she's finishing up, she has already earned her PMP and her scheduled professional certification. Sanas, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, what a great conversation and uh, such a bright future. Uh, take care of yourself and be safe out there, especially during this time with the coronavirus and everything else that's going on. And um, I will definitely uh, recommend that you become one of the writers for PM World 360. Sure, I will. I, I would love to. Oh, great. Well, thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate it. And um, I'll see you guys next time.